Praise God. We're going to start off this Advent season today, and let me just start with clarifying a little bit about what Advent is, because if you're like me, uh, you didn't grow up uh, with a church tradition of celebrating Advent. Now, I know some of you, you're experts, and we've had great conversations, and I'm learning every year, but a couple of years ago, I decided to include the Advent tradition in our church tradition. And Advent is a church tradition that goes back to about the fourth century. And, but the idea is that each Sunday of Advent, starting today, four Sundays leading up to Christmas, uh, you light a candle around the Advent wreath to symbolize uh, one of the, the focuses. Now, the word Advent just means coming. How many of you know that in the Christmas season we celebrate with expectation Christ is coming as a babe in Bethlehem's manger? But it's not just about his first coming. Advent is also a time of celebrating the expectation of his second coming. How many of you think that would be a good thing for us to focus on in Christmas 2020? Jesus, come quickly. You ever prayed that? <laughs> just today would be good. Today would be good. Come quickly, Lord. And so that's what Advent is. It's an expectation of the coming of the Lord. Now, I'm not really a traditionalist, but I do like leaning in to this focus in the season. And so this year, instead of lighting a candle on the wreath, we decided to do something a little different. We have four lamp posts up here. And the whole idea of bringing light is the fact that we are bringing the light to this dark world. The prophet said it like this, a people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And the first focus of Advent is hope. So today, we're going to brighten the light of hope here in Wrightsville, and we're going to just turn this one up a little bit. How many of you think we ought to just turn up some hope today? Amen. Let's bring hope into this world. Let's bring hope into this community. And I want to tell you, we've got a special guest with us today. So before I get into the word, I want you to meet a family that uh, is partnering with us and bringing hope in another part of the world. So would you put your hands together and welcome Juan and Shirley Ocasio as they come this morning to share? Amen. Good morning, everyone. It is so uh, great to be with you. I think the last time we were here was probably about six years ago. And uh, even though that's a long time ago, it does feel like we've come home this morning. And we're so thankful for that, thankful for the family of Christ um, that supports us and partners with us and prays for us. Uh, we are, Juan and Shirley, we have two girls, Ayana and Ella. Uh, they're not here with us this morning, but they send their greetings. Ayana is 15 and Ella is 12. And we have settled into Lidditz for this year that we're home, so our girls are going to school in Warwick. And uh, we're, it's just good to be home. And uh, it was our scheduled time to return uh, for itineration this year. And even though everything is different and it's a crazy time, God is faithful and he is unchanging. And so we are celebrating that. Good morning, everyone. It really is special for us to be able to be here in person uh, this year to tell you a thank you and just to praise God with you for what he's doing in another part of the world. You all has, uh, this church family has been partnering with us for many years, and we're just so thankful. We're blessed from month to month as God just continues to show us his faithfulness. Uh, as, as people giving and praying for us, like you do, helps keep us serving overseas. And we're just so thankful for that. So thank you for continuing to believe uh, and put your faith in action as you pray and as you give from, from week to week, month to month, and throughout the years. 
that's really special. Uh, when we were with you last, we used to serve in the country of Georgia. So we first began serving in 2006 in the Republic of Georgia, and we were uh, we were not part of a team there. But through uh, through the years, this was just three years ago that God led us to transition to a church planning team in Lithuania. And that was a big change for our family, moving from Georgia to Lithuania. But we really had peace that God was leading us in that direction. Our leadership is the one that approached us and asked us, um, just knowing our situation, knowing what was going on in, in the area and the region, and asked us to be part of this team. And we took some time to pray about that. And like I said, we really had God's peace that he was leading us in that direction, and it really blessed us throughout that whole time. And it was Christmas time, 2017, that's when we moved to Vilnius. So Lithuania is actually part of, it's in northeastern Europe. It was part of the former Soviet Union. So you can see it borders the Baltic Sea. It's considered one of the three Baltic states, along with Latvia and Estonia. Uh, in Lithuania, they speak Lithuanian. And one word that we like to introduce to you is achu. Your automatic response, I was waiting to see if I would hear it, uh, is God bless you, yes, but um, it actually means thank you in Lithuanian. So another fun fact about Lithuania, they have the highest number of hot air balloons per resident, and they are the only European city that allows hot air balloons to fly over the city, and so that is pretty cool. Uh, Lithuania... um, is a land of storks. That's their national bird. So that's pretty fun to see the stork nests all over um, as we drive. But uh, they were historically the last pagan nation to convert to Catholicism. And so religion is a checkbox for most people, something that they've done and they've given up hope in. And they actually have the highest rate of suicide in the EU. And many believe it's because of the dark winters and the history of alcoholism and drug abuse. So we thank you for partnering with us to bring hope to Lithuania because it is desperately needed. Yeah, there is, there is still great need in Lithuania and in that whole part of the world uh, for people to have access even to the gospel of Jesus. Because we believe, we know, it's the gospel of Jesus that's going to transform people's lives. The truth in him is as the heart turns and, and you know, we put our faith in Jesus, he comes in, his spirit comes in, he changes us. But in, we talk a lot about having access to the gospel. What we mean by that is, you know, for example, here, uh, there's, there's, so much, there's so many churches, even in our, I'm talking about our part of the world here in Pennsylvania. But in other parts of the world, um, there's not, that's not the case. And people do not even have access a lot of times to a group of believers that they could meet with, to, to fellowship with, to be encouraged, to hear God's word. And so that's the need in our part of the world. And we're able to be a part of a team planting Journey Church Vilnius. That's what we're partnering together for right now in Vilnius. And I brought along a few slides that I want to share with you. One of the core values of Journey Church Vilnius is offering hope. And some of the ways that God has opened the doors for us to be a part of planting the gospel there in Vilnius uh, and partnering with other believers in doing that, uh, I wanted to share with you. So one of the things is through the Alpha Course, where it's it's a course where people can come to a safe place to simply ask questions. Who is God? Who is Jesus? What is the Bible? You know, what is faith? Why do we pray? Those kinds of things start the conversation for people to, to uh, express their questions and, and, you know, maybe begin their journey. Uh, so that's a great way that we've been able to reach out in our community. The children's homes events. 
we uh, had an open door with the directors of the of several children's homes around the country uh, around the city it's illegal to evangelize children 16 years or younger in the country without express permission from the parents or guardians so for the children's homes directors to give us an open door and host events with them and they said yes share the bible stories with the children and you know love on them so we have food and games and a fun time and we share the gospel with them and that's been a huge way that we've been able to to reach out and just be a part of the community and uh, english club we have some english club students that we meet with regularly throughout the year throughout the semesters and uh, that also was a great open door just to engage with people so that they can know who we are the next one is the next slide uh day camps journey church Vilnius holds day camps in the summer Sometimes they're only one day, sometimes they're several days long, where we can simply invite the community. They know who we are, they know we're planting a church, they know we're missionaries, they know we're gospel-oriented um, and faith-based, and that, that is a huge gift and open door, that we have that ability right now, and uh, we're so thankful for that, that we can just simply invite children to come. Of course, like I said, we have to have permission and all that, but it's a way that we're able to engage with the community. And then the next slide, is a women's leadership lunch where uh, our team, uh, the ladies that are part of our team were able to invest holding this leadership lunch, talking about leadership from our perspective, rooted in our faith in Jesus and faith in God. And we had people come from the community, ladies that we had never met before. They just showed up on that day and got to hear and uh, just the relationships. So much of what we're doing in these early stages of planting Journey Church Vilness, our team is engaging and building relationships with people, and we'd love to see how God has opened some of these doors. The next slide is life groups. This is also an, a way that we've seen people come together. We've found that people want community. They do. They want to get together. They want that hope uh, from community and from other people and to be encouraged. And life groups, they change, you know, throughout the year several times, uh, you know, what the content is, but we have seen that this is where discipleship can take place and is happening. And that's really a positive thing. We get excited about those possibilities. So we're so thankful for these different ways that God has been uh, just opening these doors. One of our core values is offering hope. And in this season, that's, that's what we have. Hope is in Jesus. It's just a matter of how, how do we get that out? How do we meet people? How do we interact with people? So that through interaction with us, with you and your sphere of influence, and with us as missionaries in Vilnius, through interaction with us, how can people encounter that hope in Jesus? So that's what um, we have seen happening. One other thing I want to mention is this. I understand you all participate in Speed to Light Giving. I want to say thank you to all the young people and everyone for encouraging young people to give and support and be a part of this. This is our sound equipment for the new church plant, all of it given through Speed to Light. So I want to thank you for being a part of that. Yep, that's... Uh, that's what we, we use day in and day out. This is just setting it up and when we had to get it out and look at it and set it up and all that. But I want to thank you for being part of that. So that, the last slide shows our core values there. And you'll see the, the four core values that, that we have part of, that we're a part of in Journey Church Vilnius. And just want to thank you so much for being part of that. Know, please, that your prayers make a difference. Your faith, your belief makes a difference in what's happening in another part of the world. As we get to engage face-to-face -face with people, we're upheld by your prayers. We feel that, and we thank you so much for your partnership. Yeah. 
Amen. Praise God. So good to have Juan and Shirley here with us again after so many years. If you want to meet them, they will be out uh, in the lobby after the service. I want to turn your attention right now to the Word of God. Uh, you can find, open your Bible, but I want to show you this first verse on the screen. It's in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, and I know I'm going to get a big amen on this because it's 2020. Check this one out. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Maybe you didn't say amen. You just felt it. It was too close. It struck a nerve. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. How many of you know there's a lot of heart sick people in our world right now? There's a lot of heart sick people in 2020 that are dealing with disappointment. They're dealing with delay. They're dealing with hope deferred. Things didn't go the way they thought it was going to go. Thanksgiving dinner didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. Is it too soon to go there? Just how many of you know what I'm talking about? I was kind of moaning a little bit earlier this year. Yes, even I do that. And I was, you know, I turned 42 earlier this month. And I was just saying to my girls, I was like, you know, I was number 41 on my football team in high school. And so somewhere in the back of my mind, I always thought 41 was going to be like my year. It's going to be a great year. 41 was not my year. Totally not my year. And then Morgan, my oldest, she goes, yeah, well, I turned 17 in March, and I'm definitely not the dancing queen. They canceled prom. They canceled homecoming. I was like, well, you win. You know, <laughs> That's right. You'll never be 17, the dancing queen. So how many of you know we're dealing with delays? We're dealing with deferred hopes and disappointments. The reality is this year, we've experienced the greatest health crisis of our lifetime. And I'm not talking about coronavirus. I'm talking about hopelessness. This virus only magnified what was already beneath the surface. I read a CBS News article this week that said, here was the headline, suicide claimed more Japanese lives in October than 10 months of COVID. Suicide. And it's not just on the other side of the world. 53% of Americans said their mental health has suffered because of the pandemic. Sounded like about 53% of you said, mm-hmm. <laughs> Another statistic said prescriptions for antidepressants shot up 14% after the initial outbreak back in the spring. Immediately, antidepressants antidepressants on the rise. Why? Anxieties are on the rise. I don't say all that to discourage you or to disappoint you today. I say it because I want to remind you, church, we have been positioned for such a time as this. God has placed you on the earth in this generation, in, in this atmosphere, in this political climate, in this pandemic for such a time as this. You don't have to be discouraged about that. You know the light shines brightest against a dark canvas. And God has given us incredible opportunity. Amen. He's given us an incredible opportunity to be those that are holding out hope. I know the, the antidepressants are on the rise, but can I just tell somebody, it's a good time to be a hope dealer. We got the good stuff. Come on. It's a good time to be a hope dealer. Billy Graham said this. He said, what oxygen is to the lungs Hope is to our survival in the world. 
earlier this year, we, we observed in conversation, back when we were doing church online during quarantine, we observed that we're all in this same storm, but we're not in the same boat. And we know that's true. I mean, I saw it just this week on Facebook. I saw people posting their Thanksgiving posts, and, and some of them went like this. Some of them were like, you know, 2020 hasn't been that bad. And then they list all the great things that have happened in 2020. And if that was your post, praise God for your optimism and that God's been good. I, I mean, I've been blessed. I can't complain. But when I read some of those posts, I, I was kind of scrolling through, and, and there were some friends that I didn't see posting. And I realized that, you know, they're probably sitting around the table looking at the empty seat of a loved one that's not there this year. Or maybe they're just sitting by themselves because they're social distancing this Thanksgiving. I recognize that there are people that last year went down at Thanksgiving and counted their blessings and made donations at the food pantry. And this year they went to the same food pantry to receive. Because we're all in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. But can I tell you today, though we're not in the same boat, we do have the same anchor. Some of you are getting ahead of me already. You know where I'm going. The word of God says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, it says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Can I tell you, we have a hope today. It is an anchor for the soul. When you're being tossed around by the storms of life, our hope is this. Our hope is the certainty of God's promises. It's an anchor for our soul. It stabilizes us in the midst of the storm. It gives us confidence. And here's the promise. We know that no matter what we're facing, no matter what tomorrow holds, he reigns. Jesus reigns. Can I just declare it on the first Sunday of Advent? Jesus reigns. And because he shall reign, hope shall reign. We have this hope over every disappointment. We have this hope over every setback, over every financial struggle, over every day of homeschool. Come on, somebody. We have this hope. And in fact, the verse goes on to say that our hope is tethered to Jesus. Get this picture in your mind. Our anchor in the storm is tethered to Jesus. That verse goes on to say that he is our forerunner. And what the forerunner does, it says he went into the inner sanctuary. He went, in other words, to a place you couldn't go because it's the place where God's glory dwells and, and, and no man shall see God and live. You're all sinners and imperfect, and so am I. And God went to the place that you could not go, and he paid for what you couldn't pay for. He purchased your salvation. He purchased your redemption. And this word says that you have an anchor. It's the promise that he shall reign. And that anchor has been carried by your forerunner into a place where your victory has already been established. Let me show you something cool. That word forerunner in Hebrews 6 in the original Greek, the word is prodromos, and it actually means a pilot boat, like a little tugboat. And in Roman, uh, in ancient Rome, the, the harbor in Alexandria, we've got some church members that are from Alexandria. They could testify to this. The harbor is not safe, and so boats would be out in the storm, and they couldn't navigate into the safe harbor. So what they would do is a prodromos would come out 
and they would take the anchor of the boat and they would place it on the little pilot boat and the pilot boat would go in to the safe harbor and then begin to winch the larger vessel in. That's the picture of what Jesus does for us. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul and Jesus has taken our victory. He's taken our hope. He's taking our authority that we have in Christ and he's moved into the harbor and he's pulling us in. He's drawing us in. You know, the Bible says this about you. It says, right now, you are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. You might say, well, I don't, I don't feel like it. <laughs> I feel like I'm out here rocking on the open seas. I feel like I'm in the middle of a storm. Have you not watched the news lately? But you have an anchor, and the anchor is already in the harbor. And so spiritually, though you might be storm-tossed, your reality is you are in safe harbor in Christ Jesus. He shall reign. Somebody give him praise today. He reigns for us. Hebrews 4.15 says this about Jesus. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are. Yet, he did not sin. I don't know what that verse does for you, but you know what it does for me? It tells me that Jesus knows what I'm going through. That's what it says. Jesus has been tempted at all points, tempted to throw in the towel, tempted to quit, tempted to cuss somebody out on Twitter. Maybe it wasn't Twitter, but I don't know, you know, hate mail, carrier pigeons, something. Jesus has been tempted at all points. He's faced what you're facing. He's dealt with it, and he stands on the other side of a previously occupied tomb to say, I won. And because I win, you shall win also. That's what the hope tells us today. Now let's talk about it for a couple minutes. I want to I show you two scriptures. And the first one is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says, when everything is stripped away, what you have left are three things. Faith, hope, and love. These are the three that remain. And I know this year for a lot of us has felt like a stripping away of a lot of things. And those three things, faith, hope, and love, they're so intertwined, sometimes it's hard to really define them separately. But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, Paul does. Look at this verse. Verse 3 says, Paul writing to the church, he says, We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith. That's what faith does. It produces work. Then he says, your labor, we remember your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, your faith produces work. Can, can I just say, you, you, don't, you don't have to do work to come to faith, but when you come to faith, you got work to do. Because the spirit of Jesus that lives inside you produces something. That's why everywhere in the New Testament where they said, believe on the Lord Jesus, it was an action. It was never mental assent. It was never academic. It was never theory. To believe meant to put your full weight in something. To believe in it. And so faith produces 
work. That's why we can accept and embrace anybody that comes through the doors of this church with the love of Jesus. We don't have to worry about where you came from. We don't have to worry about your lifestyle. We don't have to worry about your habits or your hang-ups or how long they've been that way. We can just love you with the love of Jesus if you come in here seeking to know him. Now, if you come in here just to cause a a ruckus, well, we're going to escort you out. That's what those guys in the back are for. But if you come in here seeking Jesus, we have this confidence that he who began a good work in you shall bring it to completion. So listen, faith is going to be followed by good works. Strong beliefs lead to strong behaviors. That's what your faith is doing. Your faith is producing works. But then he said, while faith produces works, love leads to labor. Now, some people might go, well, works, labor, isn't that the same thing? And if you think those are the same two things, ask a woman who's given birth if work and labor are the same thing. <laughs> I can promise you, she will tell you, if that's what you think, dude, you haven't worked a day in your life. Let me tell you what labor's all about. Labor is painful. Labor pushes you past pleasure, past desire, Labor is intense. And he says, your love leads to labor. In other words, there's a difference when there's pain involved, when there's a sense of weariness and fatigue. But you know what? You do it anyway. Why? Because you love. Because you love, you're going you're gonna to just keep pushing. You're going to keep straining. You're going to keep giving everything you have because love has been growing for a long, long time. And he says, your labor leads, your love leads to labor. And then he says this, hope, hope inspires endurance. Now, endurance is just the ability to keep on keeping on. Come on, how many of you have had to have some endurance in 2020? It's just that willingness to say, I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other. Some of you, you had that this morning. You were debating, should I even get up and try to go to church? You know what? I don't feel like it today. I'm not feeling it this morning. But you know what? They're saying that the numbers are spiking. It's not not worth it. I'm just going to tap out. And then something inside of you said, you know what? I just need to be in the house of God. Endurance. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go be in God's house. I'm gonna just go another step. I, I love the way Joyce Meyer defined endurance. She said, "Endurance is just outlasting the devil." Doesn't it feel like that sometimes? Like I'm not winning. I'm just still in it. I just haven't tapped out yet. I'm just sticking it out. I'm just gonna keep muscling through. Why? Because I have hope. Because I still believe. Hope inspires endurance. Hope completes the action that faith begins and love compels. We need hope. So Paul writes to this church and he says, I remember when I pray, when I pray for you, I remember your work. It was produced by faith. And then you went above and beyond and you labored because you were compelled by love. And you endured even when it seemed impossible because of your hope. So what is it that just keeps you going? What is it that just makes you sing another song, give another offering, go through another day of homeschooling your children without pulling your hair out? What is it that that causes you to just go one more time 
put the effort in one more round. It's, it's hope. And it's a good season to be a hope dealer. Let me show you one more verse. It's in Colossians. Paul's writing to another church. In Colossians, he uses the same format. Chapter one, verse three, he gives thanks. It's a good pattern, isn't it? To start with thanks. He says, we thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all God's people. Now, he, again, he, he's dissecting these thoughts of faith, hope, and love. He said, the faith you have, that's your love for God. The faith is in Christ Jesus. Your love is your love for all God's people. How many of you understand? That's, that's the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says, your faith is in God, and your love is for all God's people. Now, look at verse 5. The faith and the love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. So he said, your faith is in Christ and your love for all, for all God's people, but those things flow out of the reservoir of hope. This is why we need hope today. If you feel like you're struggling to, to trust God, struggling to worship God, struggling to follow God, you need Faith, but the reservoir of that faith is hope. If you're struggling to love your neighbor, to be selfless, to be Christ-like, you need hope because hope is the reservoir for your love for other people. And he says the, the hope that you have is stored up. Now, if everything hinges on me having hope, where do we get that? How many of you think that's probably pretty important? Look at it with me again, verse 5. He said, it springs from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. Can I tell you where we find hope? It's in the gospel. Man, that was a weak amen for the 10 o'clock service. Our hope, you want to know how to find hope? You need to start marinating on the gospel. I was preaching to myself this week while I was prepping the turkey on Thursday. Man, I was marinating that thing. I had my Tony Chachery's Creole butter in the injector. Man, I pumped that thing. He looked like a California girl after Botox. He was boom. That dude was plump. He was ready for the hot tub. And you know what? That's what you ought to do with the gospel. Don't worry, this isn't the live stream. That's the next service. They get the edited cut. You need to take, your, you need to take the gospel of Jesus Christ and say, God, I'm going I'm to marinate my life. I'm going to inject the promises of God into my soul today. You know what we can do? We can get so caught up in all the news. We can get so caught up in all the distractions of what everybody else is saying, what the CDC is saying, what's happening in politics. And instead of being a hope dealer, we pass that information along. We click, we share. You become a hope stealer. God has called you and I, church, for such a time as this, to be a hope dealer. But you got to go to your source. 
It's the word of God. He said, you've got this hope stored up in the true message of the gospel. Hope is stored up in the true message of the gospel. What's your source? Who are you getting your information from? When people talk to you, do they, do they leave feeling more optimistic, feeling more hopeful, or just more informed? God help us if we get more information. We don't need more information. We need a revelation of hope. We need the truth. We need to be reminded that our anchor is stored safely in the harbor. And in the midst of this storm, Jesus is drawing us to the winning side. Come on, somebody say amen today. Amen. I want to ask this worship team to come back up here. We're going to take a moment, and we're just going to pray right here at the end of this service. And maybe you're here, and you're, you've struggled. And, and I, don't want to, I don't want to downplay this. Maybe you've really struggled to hold on to hope this year. God knows there's been plenty of things that would discourage even the strongest of saints. And we can feel so hindered and hopeless by deferred hope, by delay. It can feel like you're standing on thin ice. And once the ice starts cracking, I mean, you don't want to take another step. You know you can't stay where you're at, but the next step might be your last, and so you're paralyzed. There's a lot of people that are living in that place right now. I want you to understand today that if you, if you feel like you've reached the breaking point, that hope is also the key to restoring your confidence. Hope is the key to restoring your strength. I love Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Many of you, you could probably quote it. It's a great verse. But I like the way the NIV says it. In Isaiah 40, in verse 31, it says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. That, that's the offer. Come on, isn't that a promise we can rally around today? Those that hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. You know, a couple weeks ago, I was up in the Delaware Water Gap kayaking, and I, I saw four eagles that day. Let me tell you something about eagles soaring. It's easy. <laughs> Doesn't look hard at all. And he says, if you'll put your hope in the Lord, even in this season, You'll re renew your strength and you'll soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and they'll not grow weary. They'll walk and they will not be faint. I want to ask you if you would stand all over this room. In a moment, this worship team is going to lead us in, in making a declaration that hope has a name. But listen, maybe you're here today and you need that hope. I want, to, I want to give you this moment, this opportunity to put your trust in Jesus. Maybe you never have, maybe you've served the Lord for a long time, but, but I described your, your spiritual condition when I said it feels like you're standing on thin ice. If that's you today and you've reached breaking point, here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to think about all the things that are causing the ice to break. I don't want you to think about all the trouble you've had. Because our hope is stored up in the true message. 
the true message that Jesus has spoken a better word over you. So I want you to lift your gaze above all of the noise, above all the distractions, above all things that you would put in that category that we anecdotally just call 2020 now. <laughs> like forever, it's just a 2020 thing. And I want you to focus your eyes on Jesus for a few moments. Father, today, right now, we put our hope and our confidence in what you have said. Jesus, you've spoken a better word over us. You have said, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Jesus, you said, you said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Your word declares to us, if God be for me, who can be against me? Your word declares, though my sins be as scarlet, you will wash them whiter than snow that you've cast my sins into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered. God, today your word says, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things have become new. Your word declares to me today a true message of hope that says, if I will confess my sins, you are faithful and just, and you will forgive me of my sin and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Grab hope today, church. As we sing this song, put your faith in Jesus today and believe him that he has your anchor in the safe harbor. Jesus, we put our trust to you. We put our hope in you today.